at least on my end, seemed very... Uh, Either way, it'll be a marker, right? It's a marker. What's up, Bible Buds? We're over here clapping, trying to figure out this whole <laughs> virtual nonsense. Yeah, dude. As we're, is we're, everyone else. We're doing it, you know? We're doing it to the best of our abilities. Yeah. And as I... Well, we this is our second start because my session just dropped unexpectedly, but... Uh, as I was mentioning before, these little chats and virtual hangs uh, have been a real staple in my week, and it's just good to get into the good word and hang with a hang with a with a brother, you know, who will keep me accountable yeah, and maybe get as stoned as I am. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to, you know, I'm just yeah. trying to get. I'm just trying to get as blasted as possible and be as open to these words that I'm uh, taking in yeah. as possible. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. Well, the world is a... Uh, what are you drinking there? Are you drinking some some sleepy time tea? What is that? No, it's not some sleepy time tea. It's just some Earl Grey, you know? Oh. Good for you. <clears throat> <laughs> yeah, this week has been... Uh, this week has been, yeah, it's a lot. It's just like I'm just over, I'm over the uh, the shutdown. It's what needs to happen. Um, so it's not like I'm, but I just I'm just ready. I'm just feeling it this week, as I think a lot of people are. Where I'm just like, dude, enough, enough of this. But it's gonna go on for a little while yeah, longer. <clears throat> we got to get used to it, baby. Yeah, for sure. And. Uh, and as I was saying earlier, like, you know, I feel like I have it better than most. Like, you know, I've got this, I've got this decent house set up and whatnot. There's a little bit of, of house drama, which I don't even think I got into. I was going to talk to you about that last week, but, um, yeah, it's pretty we insane. Didn't, we didn't end up talking about it yet. So we can talk about it. We can do that. We can do that on or off mic though. We'll so just I'm do not it. really trying to put your house shit on blast. We'll just do to. it real quick. I'll just give a, an abridged version that's whoa that's this is what i'm putting in the teaser that's fair <laughs> fair to all sides um so my friend christine lives in my basement which is like a separate apartment um and she's lived there for three years now um and she's an old friend f from portland you know i've known her for like four plus years and uh yeah right when this whole thing got started like she basically uh i called a house meeting probably like probably like 10 days before Oregon issued the like stay home order uh, and I just wanted to check in with people and whatnot and then she mentioned that she was like yeah if we go into like lockdown I would like my new girlfriend uh Liz who none of us had met at this point she was like I would like my new girlfriend Liz to to come be with me during the lockdown and I mean, we were all just kind of like, uh, okay. And part of it was like, you know, she's Christine said like, well, Liz lives alone and yada, yada, yada. And I was just kind of like, what are you going to do? How are you, like, that's not ideal because the basement is, is physically separate, but sonically very much like a part of the house. So it was not ideal to like, think of like another person being here, but also like none of us had any idea that this was going to go on for so long. And anyways, that same night though, like Liz came over, this is like five weeks ago now, Liz came over that night and has not left. 
and I pulled Christine aside like a couple weeks ago and was like, hey, I I think maybe it's time for you and Liz to like figure out a different arrangement. Like she has an apartment. She has a place she can live. Like there's, and I was just, I sort of just chalked it up to like a noise thing of like, hey, like we're all here all day. There's four people in the house now, five with Liz. Like it's just a lot to have this this other person. None of us really know her. She seems totally fine and sweet, but like, it would just be cool if, if maybe like she wasn't living here because this thing seems like it's going to go on for, for quite a while, you know? So it's not right. like, a, it has nothing to do with Liz. It has not, it could be anybody, but it's just like, you know, we all just met Liz and like, yeah, I, I just was sort of like putting it out there for the whole house of like, I think it would be best if we, if you guys just like maybe split time between places. I'm not saying Liz can't be here, but I just don't think she should like live here full time. And Christine was like a little taken aback by that. And, and I told her like, take the weekend to, you know, think about it and whatnot. And then we circled back, you know, five days later and she was basically just like, yeah, Liz is like, it's not safe for Liz to go back to her apartment because she's been here this whole time and like, she needs to just stay. And I was like, I mean, what the fuck am I supposed to do with that? Really? It's not my ideal. And part of what I didn't relate to Christine uh, that I still probably need to is like part of my concern with this whole thing is not necessarily like Liz being here right now because like right now it's like whatever like we're all just trying to survive and I get that but it's more like I feel like Christine doesn't recognize that like as a homeowner like I'm I have an extreme liability with like a stranger living in my home like and this is like an a, I don't think this will happen but I'm just like the paranoid aspect of my brain is like planning for the worst, which is like, yeah, if you like tenants have like very uh, strong rights in Oregon uh, as they should, because I think most landlords are pretty scummy. I'm not a, like a real landlord. Like I just have people living in my home, but they are tenants. Right. So like in that sense, I am a landlord and like, yeah, to have someone that I don't know become an assumed tenant, because as soon as Liz has been here for like 60 days, like she's just, she has rights as a, as a renter, um, even if she's not like on a lease or anything. So at that point, like when this is all done, if Liz wants to stay, I would have to like formally evict her if I didn't want her to be there. She could like, if something were to happen, she could like sue me and would like have the grounds to do so. And it's just, like, all that shit that, like, I don't think any of that's going to happen. But I'm just trying to, like, cover my own ass and avoid it. Um, but there's no way around it. Like, Christine has just decided, like, Liz is just going to be here. And, you know, I want everyone to be safe and to feel safe. And, like, I'm not trying to not trying to kick this person out uh, and send them into an unsafe environment. Because it turns out that Liz does have roommates. Um, and one of them works in healthcare. So, yeah, it's fine. But it is sort of like a weird rift in the house that's like not great because I think both sides think that the other, I don't know, like I feel like Christine feels like the whole upper house is like gossiping about her and like talking shit about her, which we're not. I mean, we've had some conversations about it, but we're not like, can you believe this? Fu-? Like Christine we're is talking a fr- about it on a podcast. She's a friend, though. It's not like we're like... <laughs> It's not like we're like fuck this. No, like, I understand. It's just a shitty situation, no, no, I you understand. know. I was it's just a shitty situation um, for everybody, and I know like it's yeah, it's not ideal for anyone. Um, 
Liz included, like I'm sure Liz wants to be in the like comfort of her own home and she's just been here for a while now. And but it is interesting to sort of see the difference in terms of like, you know, for Christine, like the uh this is something that she's just like really um like she's really scared, you know, about and like I, there's no judgment on my side with that like she just is she's she's much more scared than I am. I feel sort of just kind of like yeah, I'm just going to like do my best to stay home and like if I get it, I get it and like statistically I'll probably be fine. It might get bad, I don't know. Like there's only so much I can control. I'm just controlling what I can and beyond that like what's to worry about and for her it's a it's a totally different situation so i'm trying to be respectful of that and mindful of that but it has made for an interesting couple weeks at the house kind of trying to sort through that and basically like at like proposing something that i felt like was pretty reasonable or i thought would be pretty reasonable and then just getting like a hard no was like a, oh okay cool so word like it's just a little awkward now um as yeah for me and for i'm sure for christine and liz too and and i don't love that like i had to propose that and they had to like stand tall and now i feel bad that they're like down there in the basement knowing that i basically asked liz to like not be here as much right you know, it's just like the whole thing is just so like, it's not even so much that you know <clears throat> that that plant like didn't really go as planned is now that you also feel uncomfortable in that way because you don't want it to feel like you don't want people there. And there's right. The whole thing is just a little bit uncomfortable and like will require a dynamic man. Yeah. It requires a lot of, a lot more communication probably. And I don't know, we'll figure it out or we won't, whatever. Um, this whole situation is just wild. Um, and I do. Yeah. Like it's, it's tough having like a home full of different people and all these different energies um, during this time because you can sort of just feel it, you know. Everyone's sort of yeah. dealing with it in their own way. And, uh, yeah, I'm dealing with it in mine. Um, and that's had an effect, I'm sure, on the other people that live in the, in the house, like in not necessarily a positive way. I mean, I'm doing my best to, to try to help out and support people. But, um, yeah, it's just, you know, it's fucking – it's just – None of us have ever been through anything like this before, so no, we haven't. And and also, you know, living with uh, with people that you have um, more of an attachment to, you know, going into a living situation with friends is just always like it. It really has like it's really awesome moments because you're living with your friends, but you know, like there's there's some rough moments to it too. You know, it can take its toll sometimes on the, on the, the friendship because there is like this other dynamic that has to be taken into consideration of being like housemates as well. And it's just, that shit, that shit can be hard. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, indeed. Um, but all things considered, I think, you know, the house is in good shape and everyone is well taken care of and looked after and and taking care of themselves. And I'm trying to do the same. Um, Well, and, I don't envy. I don't envy you having uh, a house full of people in that sense, but I do envy that you get to uh, be around people true. consistently too. Like a lot of people are like cooped up all by themselves, so it's nice that right. you you have some folks to be around. For sure, 
<clears throat> yeah, I am. I'm grateful for that. I think that that's a that's an overall net positive. Um, even though the situation's a little hairy right now, I still I wouldn't trade it for being alone in the house. That's for sure. Um, yeah, and then outside of that, uh, I think just how- enjoying the nice weather as much as I can, and uh, yeah. You know. The weather's so sick right now, dude. For Portland, Oregon, the Pacific Northwest right now in the April, just fucking yeah, amazing day. San just Francisco spend, weather, dude. Been spending a lot of time on the patio. I'll tell you what, I was just out there reading my Bible all afternoon today. Yeah, this is beautiful, man. I've just been going out there in the morning and having having some tea out there and doing a lot of hanging out out there. And nice. I'm trying to en- I'm trying to enjoy it because it's still happening even though we can't go to all the spots we want to be at like there's been so many days in the last two weeks where it was it was bluffs time dude it was time for a killer hang at the bluffs and uh yeah we just can't do that stuff right now so i'm still trying to no not the bluffs um yeah live the other day was like on friday it was super nice and she was like do you think it's chill to go to the bluffs and i was like actually i think the bluffs specifically because it's like surrounded by houses and shit like it's a no-go zone but i was like we live right next to we live right next to a park like just go to that park you can't watch the sunset there but um yeah yeah you do have that you have a great park by your house so that's cool that you have something nearby that you can uh, and I have a backyard to. which I'm very fortunate to have that also killer yeah so all um, around my my situation right now is could be much worse um spending more time in the studio trying to you know work on my drum chops and my uh piano chops and writing some more tunes and learning how to uh properly mix um which has been all been good and fun and yeah, just trying to trying to stay healthy in terms of like the my my realistic outlook on the situation and try to lean towards positivity but also leave space for myself to just sort of like lean into whatever the fuck I'm feeling cuz I do have days where I'm just like riddled with like anxiety around like what's the fallout from this going to be and then being like well I don't have any control over of that so like why think about it but it gets to yeah, me sometimes, dude. you know. You're feeling it a little bit. I will, uh, I'll pray for you this week, you know? Hey, that'd be great. Um, so that maybe shit aligns a little bit better for you. Maybe things become a little less, uh, foggy as you, uh, might refer to them as being. Sure. Um, pray for a, pray for a clear and open hearted lens <laughs> for me. You know, I, I did a, a podcast yesterday with our friend Andy Sado. Yeah. And, How's he um, doing? He's doing pretty well, and one of the the topics of our discussion was that there seems to be like these two camps of people right now. Of there's there's like the people that are quarantined and saying like, oh, I really need to take advantage of being home at this time to do like all these things I said I was going to do. If you can do them within your home, right? right like right. creative things maybe or whatever, like that house project or whatever. And then uh, there's this, I, I occasionally will see a post from somebody that is maybe more in this camp of don't be so hard on yourself if you're not doing all those things you said you wanted to do during this time. Right. And, and Andy and I were just kind of like deciding like, or discussing like what camps we're in on that. And, 
you and I have talked a lot, I think, about <laughs> tying our, our self-worth to productivity in some way. So, yeah, I don't know, man. I'm just, like, kind of leaning into that mode of, like, really trying to to take advantage of this time, you know? Like, I'm, I'm having some lazy time here and there, too, because I'm still working, but there's a few hours every day that I don't usually have, and I'm just trying to, like... Yeah, just do work on that shit. No doubt. Yeah, I feel like I honestly, like, I feel like I pop in and out of those two. You know, like I have moments where I'm just like, yeah. oh, this is a great opportunity for me to, for me to get better at drums and learn about these new things and like whatever and like read more books and all these things. And then I have other moments where I'm just sort of like, uh, I'm going to watch the new Louis C.K. special and feel really bad about it, but also feel really good about it. And uh, I'm going to whatever. Yeah, just like I'm just going to do garbage human stuff. I'm going to eat all this ice cream. I'm going to fucking drink all this gin. I'm going to do yeah. whatever. Um, I mean, I'm certainly getting fat over here. That's that's no doubt. Like, I'm eating so much food right now that it's ridiculous i'll tell you that that's what i'm doing with a lot of my extra time each day is i'm putting more food in my mouth yeah and that's like kind of an issue right now but yeah a lot uh, of a lot of eating and not a lot of like i'm doing my best to try to like work out at least three times a week but you know it's not the same as when you have a gym to go to yeah and and don't get me wrong i'm definitely killing some hours just you know watching tv shows and sure. playing video games too i'm doing that too but uh I don't know. I've just been kind of enjoying like getting into uh just make moves mode with with all this extra time and sure. uh trying to hope that you know the fallout of this is going to be really fucking weird I think and I think that there's going to uh you know it's going to be shitty but I think it's going to going to create a lot of new opportunities too. So I just like yeah. I want to be maybe ready for some of those new opportunities whatever they might be. Yeah. And, uh, I do yeah. feel like I get worried sometimes in my moments of extreme anxiety, I get worried of like, about like, is this, uh, is this the calm before the storm? Like, is the real storm when all this shit is over and the world tries to go back to normal and it like kind of can't cause all these, like everything got so fucked and like that we're basically entering into like another depression. I mean, we the don't rapture, know yet, bro. We don't know yet exactly how it's going to play out, but like, yeah, it's, uh, it could potentially be pretty heavy and like, you know, um, but yeah, like I said, you know, there's, I, I, there's nothing we can really do about that right now. So yeah. to sit around and, and ponder and worry about it doesn't seem very useful. Um, but yeah, with that said, like I have been sort of trying to be like trying to find some moments through all of this where like, what can I, like, what am I enjoying about this? Can I find some joy in the like fact that like life has just slowed down and like the world has just been put on pause and now everything is so simple and it's just like, wake up every day, get out of bed, do your job remotely. Thank God that you still have a fucking job and are still getting paid and you know, yeah. And then try to like do some other stuff like try to try to yeah cook something interesting make something in the studio play an instrument um 
you know, reach out to somebody, have a have a chat with someone you haven't talked to in a long time, whatever it is. Yeah, just sort of slow down and enjoy like the simple things of life and like feeling like life is sort of yeah, it is sort of just like pared down right now. There's not you've way less options of what you can do, which is sort yeah. of a beautiful thing. This is just like what it is right now. Like yeah. and it just might be like this for a little while, you know. For sure. This is how we're going to like talk to each other now and you know. Um tell you what though, as soon as this is over, I am getting the fuck out of the US. That's like my first move. And by yeah. like over, I don't mean like when the world opens up in like June or July or August or whatever. I mean more por- probably like fall, winter, like when it's like really blown over or maybe yeah. even like wait until there's like a vaccine or whatever. But once it's like safe and clear to travel, like making moves, I'm making moves for sure. Oh, yeah. Um, well, I'll tell you what, my week has been pretty uneventful. I've just, I mean, not uneventful. I've just been really busy, um, doing the work thing. And that's been going all right. We've been able to hire more and more people back. Almost every week we've hired one one more person, which has been killer. It's cool to see that our business is uh, surviving through this this thing. People need it's those sweets, of, man. They need them. Yeah, they're an escape for people. You know, people are hanging out. There's also, you know, everybody's still having birthdays and, and things of that nature. For you sure. Know, I'm about to have my birthday in just a couple weeks here in under quarantine. Well, we'll definitely have to have a, uh, you know, it's like a some sort of cyber party for you. Yeah. You know? Um. Well, but yeah, dude, just been staying busy and then doing all this jazz with you, all this Bible reading and the other podcasts and whatnot. But um, I, I did want to share with you um, because we have... Um, we both have some anxiety issues here, here and there. And, uh, on Easter Sunday, I, I decided to have a cup of coffee with my girlfriend. It's the first time in three years that I've had a cup of coffee due to redlining it. And, you know, coffee really being one of those triggers of something that like induces panic attacks usually for me later in the day or like for sure or some sort of anxiety but i was like fuck it dude it's easter sunday resurrection and shit he is risen i'm i'm i haven't had a cup of coffee in forever i'll be fine and like i enjoyed a cup of coffee i had the heart pumping a little bit but like in a really like good way i was just like oh sure. yeah the fucking coffee high dude yeah. how good is that little rush yeah and then yeah dude i had a fine fucking day and i was just like I don't know. It was uh, as goofy as it sounds. It was it was empowering in some way to be like, yo, a lot of this shit is just in my head and I've attached a lot of anxiety to it, too. I think, you know, not that caffeine, you know, at that level can't induce. Yeah. A pan- like anxiety or panic attacks for somebody that's like susceptible to those things. But I think a lot of it, you know, you just start tying shit right. to it's it. It's the that, bracing that yourself too. So. bracing yourself for it makes it like almost inevitable. <clears throat> Yeah. And I don't know. I was just like very careless about it that day. I was just like, fuck it, dude. I'm just going to have this cup of coffee. It's going to be fine. Nothing's going to happen to me. If I have this cup of coffee and have some anxiety later, it's also going to be fine. Like, I'm right. <laughs> and, uh, well, yeah, cool, I don't man. know. It was, it, it was, a, <laughs> it was a really ridiculous, uh, thing to be grateful for, but it was a, I don't know. It was just a cool experience. 
Yeah, it's great. Yeah, I'm I'm still <laughs> off the coffee because uh, every time I do it, it's bad news bears. But um, I have been leaning in hard to the tea game. I love tea. I updated my kettle so that I have one that I can dial into a specific temperature now. Um, yeah. And I bought like five or six different kinds of loose leaf tea. And every morning now, like instead of normally I drink like a like an English breakfast type tea in the morning, a black tea. Um, and th- that's pretty heavy on the caffeine. And so sometimes even that will be like a little much for me. And so now I've been making like a full pot of um, like white tea or green tea, which is way less on the caffeine. Yeah. And then I can have <laughs> two full cups of it because it's way less and I'm like brewing it properly at the right temperature. And it's just been like, it's a simple pleasure. It's a real joy in the morning to like have like this delicious, perfectly yeah, brewed dude. tea every day. Yeah, it's great. I love tea. The Earl Grey is good for the, is supposed to be good for uh, the anxiety and the depression. So I fuck with that a little bit. Cool. <clears throat> Most mornings. But uh, yeah. And I don't think I'll be drinking coffee regularly, but it's nice to know that, yeah, like every once in a while, if I do want to have a cup of coffee with somebody, yeah. I can just do that probably and it'll be fine. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, that's what's shaking over here. I'm I'm pretty stoked to like be, you suggested that we get into Axe is what we're going to start covering yeah. and diving into next. Yeah, and, just because uh, it follows, it's the first book right after the Gospels, and we've been talking, about, it's basically right where we, you know, right where we ended with uh, the last episode with, with my brother. Um, yeah. Which was a super fun hang. Dude, um, that, so good. That, was, that, yeah, the last two weeks of having guests has been so much fucking fun and has really, like, informed the way I look at the Bible. Like, both of those people yeah. have change the way i look at things for sure for sure agreed um and yeah i would definitely like to have have more guests um we'll just have to do our due diligence to kind of line that up um but yeah it's been it has been good it has been good for sure um and those are those are fun chats but yeah the book of acts is uh some pretty interesting shit um yeah this is like the beginnings of the church Exactly. Going on here and like it's like these were like written to help guide the church and um my understanding is that a lot of people believe that Luke actually wrote this. Yeah, that's who it's attributed to, I believe. Is Luke Luke the Evangelist, same author as Luke from the Gospel. From the Gospel. The Gospel Luke, yeah. And uh and like this is almost seen as like a revision of that gospel. Like Hey, here's what happened last time. This is what we did. Here's where we fucked up. And here's how we need to approach things moving forward in some ways. So we don't repeat these mistakes. For sure. I will say it does seem to take, uh, overall, a slightly different tone and approach to the whole Jesus story. Um, You definitely start to see, I guess, like the seeds of of religion now being planted post the story of Jesus in terms of the way that they're talking about it and talking about his life and and the proper way to like revere this person, um, this Messiah or whatever. It's like, yeah, I mean, we'll get into it, but like pretty quickly, even in chapter two, all of a sudden I was just like, Oh, this is where like the Pentecostal church comes from. It's like this shit right here. Um, Yeah. yeah, so that's pretty wild, but 
Anyways, yeah, let's uh, let's let's dive into it. Let's do it. Book of yeah, Acts. Yeah, so uh, chapter one, Jesus taken up into heaven. Um, Jesus starts visiting the apostles. Uh, kind of over this period of 40 days, he keeps showing himself and gives them this command to not leave Jerusalem and, you know, wait for the gift of, of, uh, that his father has promised to them. For sure. Um, yeah, it was interesting to me that like right early on, there's like already like, I guess it's right after the gospel. So it makes sense. But yeah, like Jesus is already like speaking, like I have red letters in my Bible and I'm just like, Oh shit. Like actual words of Jesus. I thought we were done with that with the gospels, but I guess not. Um, yeah, I had a note on, on chapter one, verse 11, where Jesus says men of Galilee or no, not Jesus. Someone says men of Galilee. They said, uh, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. Um, and that was interesting to me just cause like, if you read that super literally, that's like the vision of like Jesus, like coming down on the clouds to, as like the second coming of Christ or whatever. But I was sort of reading it in a more, I guess, just like metaphysical way. Um, yeah, just sort of like thinking about again, like Jesus more of, of just like a way that you like orient yourself in the world or like a, your own personal, I guess, like journey and just kind of talking about like, um, uh, yeah, I don't know. Just like that whole idea of like, you're like looking into the sky, uh, like waiting for something to come and save you. But really like Jesus had this like internal hero's journey and that's what you have to do within yourself and so like you standing here like staring at the sky makes no sense because that's not what jesus's journey was his journey was this internal thing and that's what you're supposed to do uh (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah yeah and and like those two men dressed in white whom i guess are angels that are talking to them at that point that's who like tells them that that stuff about him uh oh yeah that's who's going it. in yeah. yeah and then it gets into this uh the the choosing of of matthias like to replace judas as one of the apostles and it's just like the weirdest thing like they never like mention this dude matthias again after this yeah, it is sort He's of a like, weird thing. That's one of those things where it's like I'd be curious to know what the history is behind it. Um, I tried to find some. He's a saint. He's Saint Matthias. And and but that's like all. There's not much more to it. Right. I mean, it's, in verse twenty five, they say, you know, like they're asking the Lord to like show them which person should take over as Judas Judas's place uh, in in the group of apostles. Uh, and they, you know, to take over this apostolic ministry. And then it says, which Judas left to go where he belongs. And I was <laughs> like, yeah, fuck you, Judas. Yeah, dude. Fuck and they you. go pretty like, they go pretty deep into like the details of his suicide, which I found like really, I thought that was like pretty wild. I, I mean, obviously like it, it it's helpful in 
playing into the yeah you're the talking about verse, verse 18 oh yeah 118 this is like this is the king james moment i think yeah, did you look up for this, this thing. the King James version of this? Uh, yeah, I do. So, uh, verse eighteen. Now this man purchased a field with the reward of of iniquity, and failing and falling headlong, he burst asunder in the mists, and all his bowels gushed out. Ah, <laughs> what the fuck, King James? Which so is like, like not even, even the that's rake- like not even a suicide though. That's just like he, yeah, yeah. He just he bursts. Wrong, he wronged the Lord, and the Lord just fucking gut him open. I mean, dude, even the regular ver like uh, the version that we're doing, the NIV version, is uh, yeah. Judas bought a field. There he fell headlong. His body burst open, and all of his intestines spilled out. Yeah. Like it's it's pretty brutal. It's a it's a very metal moment yeah, of, for sure. of the Bible. For sure. And I just I just thought it was it was like, oh, we're gonna just reference uh Judas's suicide right now. Yeah. And uh and then it, it goes into uh verse twenty. It is written in the book of Psalms, May his place be deserted, let there be no one to dwell in it, and may another take his place of leadership. And that's where they decided to, you know, place someone else in his spot, which was Matthias. And I, I don't know. I kind of took, uh, you know, thinking about that section, I just found it to be like, if looking at it like internally, um, I found it to be this thing of, you know, sometimes you have to, you have to burn it down and, and desert everything and to, to like start over and find a new light to lead. You know? Sure. Yeah, your own internal leadership, so to speak. Right. Um, yeah, I dig that. And then I don't think that's the pretty much the end of chapter one. Yeah. One, um, which gets into the uh, the Pentecost stuff that you were talking about. Yeah. So the Pentecost is like a day, like fifty days after Jesus was resurrected. It's like the seventh Sunday. Yeah. And uh, basically all of the apostles. um, Yeah. This is the first mention that I think that I've noticed. It's possible that it's in the gospels and I just missed it. This is the first mention that I noticed of like the Holy Spirit. um, Where like the apostles are filled with the Holy Spirit and they start speaking in tongues. And the story is basically just like that. Uh, all of these Jews from, because at this point, like there are Jews all over like the Middle East and Europe and Asia, like they're all over. And so like there are Jews that like speak so many different languages. And the story is basically like all of these men start speaking in tongues. And then, uh, and that's what it sounds like. It sounds like sort of nonsense to, to the, um, you know, Judean Jews that are living there in that place but for all of the travelers that are there they're hearing their own language from these apostles who are all from galilee um and so they're like sort of tripped out about like well how could i be hearing my language what does this mean um but it's just really interesting like so for people who don't know like background on there's all of these different sects of modern christianity one of them is the pentecostal church and the pentecostal church to this day still like revere speaking in tongues and it's just like a thing like people just get up 
on a stage or like the whole congregation does it from the pews and people just start being like, like just saying whatever fucking comes to their minds, like letting the Holy Spirit flow through them or whatever. But I had a buddy, bogus. it's crazy. And I had a buddy who grew up in the Pentecostal church who was just like, honestly, that shit was traumatizing as fuck. Because there's all yeah. this pressure on you to, like, let the Holy Spirit flow through you to produce these sounds. And, like, obviously none of that shit is real, so... Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's just so interesting that, like, that church has basically spawned from, like, such a specific moment in the Bible. Yeah. It's also... I don't know, man. I... <laughs> just reading this, I just read it so much differently than, you know the speaking in tongues that people do, you know, or try to recreate these, these, uh, these weird under like ununderstandable languages. Right. These nonsense um, words. Where like, where, when I'm reading it, you know, and you mentioned like the Holy spirit thing that, that seems to run pretty deep through acts from what I've seen thus far. For sure. And, this is sort and of, I really the, dig that. It's like, kind of it the creation of it. It's the creation of the Trinity. It's the creation yeah, of the I, concept of the Lord and Jesus, the son and the Holy spirit. Yeah. I'm pretty into the, the Holy spirit talk. It's it, it gets, it kicks off like within the first like few 10 verses of chapter one, even right. just talking about the, the Holy spirit coming upon these, these apostles and whatnot. And that's kind of like their move going forward is to, to, to share that with the world. And but yeah, dude, the speaking in tongues, when it says they see seeing tongues of fire and resting on them and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, like, and they began speaking in other tongues, I just kind of saw that being like everybody speak, like them speaking some sort of universal truth. Like that is why everybody could understand in their native language, you know, mm. not really some, it's not some good place shit where you speak a language and everyone just hears whatever language they can understand, which I think sure. is like the greatest thing ever. Like that's, that's such a cool concept that, yeah, you know, someone can speak a different language, but whatever they say to you comes out in the language that you understand is, is amazing. I just don't think that's what was happening there. I think it was, they're more speaking to like this universal truth that was being spoken that everybody could understand. Huh. about being like you know like this moral code in some ways of sure. like yeah this is how we fucking if we do this we can all live in harmony and just be good people to each other i think like seeing more of that and then this you know like you said like a whole thing is an entire religion is kind of like born out of this or a sector of christianity is born out of this and this importance of speaking these tongues and those who can are you know touched by the hand of god and, and it's just right. like all bogus nonsense right. is fucking wild dude well and it's funny too in verse 13 of this like right after this this whole thing of describing all of the different types of jews that are there and where they're from and how they can all understand what's happening and them asking what does this mean in verse 13 it says some however made fun of them and said They've had too much wine. So good. Dude. And I was like, why so good. Why even include that? Why even include that in the story? Yeah. Um, it just I, seems I, like just omit that because then the response, like Peter stands up and is basically just like, what are you talking about? It's not even 9 a.m. They're not drunk. 
Yeah. It's just like such a weird storytelling convention where I was like, what? What? Yeah, I did. Because now I'm just like, I think they were. I think they did have too much wine. It, it is like a really ridiculous thing to add in there. Like it seemed pretty unnecessary. Yeah, and for sure. I don't know. Yeah, Axe is also, it's just interesting how some of the stuff is put together. Um, I mean, not too much differently than than Matthew being like hard to follow at times or storylines getting cut really short or not really developing things in some ways. But I think I just kind of got... I got into that John mode for a, a little bit, yeah, and and he just really does speak to the mystical side of things, you know, where like reading into Acts in the first six chapters, not really seeing a lot of mysticism no. in what's happening at the moment, you know, and uh, it's just this is very interesting to see all that for sure, but at the same time. Like it does, Peter does go into these words of the prophet Joel, which I'm just going to read as they are, because this is kind of cool, where it says- Is this 17? Yeah, 17. In the yeah. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in heaven above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of, of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Uh, yeah, the end of that, the apocalyptic stuff I'm not so into, but the first part I kind of dig of just like, just the poetic aspect of the like, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Um, I don't know. I thought that was cool. I thought that was very interesting. Um, and I thought it was interesting too the distinction between like the young men having visions and like the old men, uh, yeah, dreaming dreams. Um, I was sort of trying to unpack that a little bit in my mind and just the distinction between those two and just sort of, I guess like, yeah, I don't know that there's like this like hopefulness behind the visions, uh, which you need from youth, you know, you need their like sort of, um, yeah, they're sort of like blissfully ignorant approach to understanding the world and just like envisioning something new and then also the wisdom of old of of not even men just old like the young people versus the old people and like yeah like having your elders like dream dreams and more and how dreams are sort of more rooted in sort of some sort sort of wisdom i guess um i thought that was a cool thing to kind of marry together in terms of like an understanding of like what's right for the world of like this collection of like the younger generation being like here's this like vision and the older generation being like cool here's what's possible based on like actual wisdom like let's marry the two um yeah yeah this is this is very much to me just like an explanation of someone's psychedelic trip i feel like yeah (laughs) i feel like it it goes for sure the end of it it's a lot for sure Yeah, I mean, um, the moon, the moon turning to blood is a lot. 
It's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty heavy imagery. Um, yeah. And then I had a. Uh, just some some note like i feel like he starts kind of speaking to some some truths that like just uh that the truth always seems to like show its face in uh in 22 men of israel listen to this jesus of nazareth was a man accredited by god to you by miracles wonders and signs which god did among you through him as you yourselves know this man was handed over to you by god's set purpose and foreknown edge and you with the help of wicked men put him to death by nailing him to the cross but god raised him from the dead freeing him from the agony of death because it was impossible for death to keep hold on him and uh yeah that's like some pretty pr- pretty heavy shit there i i just kind of yeah just took it as a thing of you can't really like put the truth to bed you know you can't you can't run from the the truth it's going to show itself right and can truth can't be murdered yeah absolutely um and sometimes i think like when you try to run from the truth what it's you know implying sometimes is that like it can like show itself as the devil you know along the way when you start fucking steering away from it like the truth, Satan. the truth presents itself as Satan to you because you're running so far from it, or what do you mean? Like I think, like the truth gets maybe like morphed in some way the further you get away from it, sometimes, mm. or maybe maybe the truth shows itself as as darkness to make you see the truth. Like maybe it shows itself as the devil because that's the only way for you to see. Ah, interesting. The truth. Yeah. I like that. I'm a few bong rips in, I'll tell you what. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my edible is setting in. Um, yeah, mine too. I went ahead and uh, clicked that in right before, on our second reboot of, of this oh, episode. Oh, you did? So, yeah, so that's, Good for that's you. definitely p- pushing along for me as Good well. Good for you. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. No, I dig that. I feel like... Um, Dude, I feel like so many times in life, like the truth is like, like the true truth, the deepest truths are going to be presented to you in like the harshest ways, you know? Yeah, for sure. And in like the most unfavorable circumstances or when you're going to learn like the most important lessons of your life. Um, Rock bottom experiences. Yeah. Or like, you know, the death of a loved one or... Uh, just whatever it is, like it's gonna, yeah. Like real truth is presented to you, typically not in moments of like pure bliss, but more in moments of like extreme sorrow, which is sort of a sort of a common denominator, I think, in a lot of religions. I mean, this is sort of like how the Buddha, right, like comes to uh, comes to enlightenment in in a, in a sense. Um, yeah. Anyways, I'll just. Leave. I mean, we, I think that makes sense too because that's, you know, those are just the human emotions. You know, everybody has to deal with those things. It doesn't really matter about your circumstance. Yeah, you know, and we there's all have to for sure deal with loss and. And things there's like something that. about the like the tragedy of life that seems to 
I guess, just like position the world in a way where you can sort of glean like what the deepest truths are and what the most important things are to like, I don't know, cling on to. Um, yeah. Whereas, yeah, when things are all just like hunky dory all the time, like what's there to, what's there to see? Right. Right. So, um, yeah, from here, I don't know. There's, there's the prayer. Do you have any notes on this prayer here? When David says about, said about him I, on 25? I don't know. Um, he just kind of speaks to uh, just having a lot of faith and, uh, and I don't know, just like the magic of, of people that are like really deeply rooted in their faith in a, in a balanced way mm-hmm. that, uh, yeah. Or it becomes like more, like more than just a religious thing type situation. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I don't know. Well, I do like the last part of it where it says, uh, you have made known to me the paths of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence. Um, and yeah, that sort of like goes back to what we were kind of just talking about, uh, how like God or whatever, like will reveal to you, uh, some of those deeper truths, some of those various paths of life. Um, and like talking about like, you will fill me with joy in your presence to me just means like, yeah, like being rooted in true, like presence in the moment does seem to give you a more kind of balanced outlook on everything else. Um, that is, Sort of, yeah, dude. Like the seed, I think that the gets seed of God spoken. In yeah, it seems to get like further expanded upon too. In uh, verse thirty-four, for David did not ascend to heaven, and yet he said, "Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet." It's just like this fucking power statement over your enemies and just kind of being on this different level and playing field from them. I think mentally in some ways, like where you have to like, when you need to like convince no one, you know, about like who you are, what you're about, you know, yeah. they just see it through your actions. For sure. Um, how many more Bible Buzz episodes do you think we're going to have to do before we start our own religion? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. It was so uh, funny. Like, talk, talking. I feel like we're, we're it's starting to move along in that direction. We'll get there. Can you hear me? Um, I'm sorry. It cut out very terribly as soon as you started talking again. Uh, I think I and just now was... I have nearly lost it. Hello. Can you hear me now? 
I just was hearing you. I can, but it's going. There, there, there you are. There you are. Okay. Can you hear me? We're back. Yeah, I can hear you. Okay. Yeah. I'm I'm marking the time here. So you can make this edit. If that's helpful. Now you're frozen again. Anyway. Fuck. Do you want to try to hang up and and restart? Um yeah, you keep or well. Do you want to just roll? Let's just keep rolling. If it gets really bad, we'll figure it out. Um, okay. Yeah. Um. <laughs> what were you saying about the uh, whatever you were <laughs> saying about? <laughs> I just was saying. I was like, how many how many episodes do we got to do before we start oh, our own religion? The, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, I'm just noticing a lot of common themes in the way that we approach this book. Um, and I'm just like, yeah, maybe we should our, found our own bullshit version of like Mormonism <laughs> or some shit. You know, another testament of Jesus Christ. Um, yeah, I don't know. Just something to chew on. Yeah. We could, <laughs> you know, the world is really slow right now. And it's like, yeah, maybe let's like think about just start just running fucking Sunday church services starting on the internet. Religion. It's a lot of money. I'm cool, dude. There's I'm a lot cool of money it. in it. It's a lot of money. I can't in do it. it. I can't do it. Okay. I'll do this pot. This podcast can be our, whatever you want it to be. Cool. Cool. We'll just but, do that. Uh, we'll just do that then. Yeah. I'm fine with that. I'm just going to like wake up and start seeing episodes in our feed that you've posted. Like some, <laughs> some sermon. Just going shit. on some drunken <laughs> rant. Like, what the fuck is this? Like, oh, uh, after, after Bible buds every, every Saturday night with Andrew Harrison. No, I have no interest in that either. I'm a firm believer in, and I think this is, I we're on a real tangent now, but this is the, I think part of my like issue with just religions in general is it's like, I feel like everyone has to have their own way of like figuring life out. And it's nice to have a blueprint. It can be helpful. Uh, it's nice to have some like markers or whatever, but ultimately to expect that everybody is going to do come to come to God or come to a, a better way of being in the world uh, in the same way to me seems like so ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, universal harmony amongst everybody is, seems pretty impossible. No, unless people are able to recognize that like everyone's going to have to do their own shit in their own way. And then there might actually be universal harmony, but like, yeah, we're not wired in that way. So it'll never happen. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't, I think that's been the interesting thing of this approach or the way I'm approaching like this, uh, my readings of this at this point of, uh, and even speaking about it, I, I think God is like whatever you want it to be. You know, I don't think it's this man in the sky. I think it's this, no, of course not. I think it's your, it's your why, you know, it's like why it, and, or it's, you know, sometimes it's an experience and it's just like a feeling and shit. So it's, uh, for sure. Yeah, for, um, it's, it is your why. It's like your reason for like, like going back to sort of our like really philosophical conversation in the very first episode of just like, 
why would you want to do good instead of like why would you want to do the right thing instead of the wrong thing why would you want to like help that person instead of hurt them why would you want to love that person instead of not love them whatever like whatever's driving that behavior whatever's behind that is like is your why is your god is your whatever um is your faith i guess so to speak because i think the vast majority of people do want to just be like you know for lack of a better term like just be a good person everyone's just trying to be a good person yeah and uh, that is what's going to hopefully fill you with that holy spirit like whatever that is for you right uh, i think so yeah so much of this so much so many of these words are talking about like what's the next level though like so you've identified that like yeah you want to lean towards good and now how do you like lean into that in a way that it like you know is like pervasive throughout your being you know um, yeah which is definitely some next level shit so yeah dude and it's uh you know it leans into like ends up kind of talking about reflecting upon your sins and improve upon your sins. And hopefully that will help like fill you with the Holy spirit in some ways and, and create light instead of, you know, further dwelling in the darkness and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, I found this, the verse 40 in chapter two, Save yourselves from the corrupt generation, from this corrupt generation. I just thought that was really interesting because it's just like, that's like one of those statements that remains true throughout every single generation. Yeah. Every generation. Like I mean, even rebels. Even now I'm having the fucking, uh, like principal Skinner Simpsons moment where I'm just like, am I out of touch? No. It's the kids who are wrong, like <laughs> whether it's whether it's the music or like whatever cultural thing of being like I don't understand. I don't understand. Like I'm already starting to feel that at thirty, not even thirty. I'm just shy of thirty. I'm already starting to feel that sort of like divide between me and the younger generation, yeah. being like I don't understand you. I don't get you as a generation. I don't get you people. Yeah, but even, like, I think bigger than, like, the get-off-my-lawn shit, it's, like, there is, even a lot of those people, I think, can agree that there's a lot of corruption within the powers that be, you know? And it seems to be this thing that has just existed over the entire period of of time. Since time has existed, there's been corruption. On the flip side of that, like, while I don't understand the younger generation in terms of their orientation in the world... I definitely don't get down with, yeah, the current, uh, the generation above us um, that seems to be fucking the world and has been doing so for a long time and is currently sort of doing that. Uh, Yeah, I feel you. It's funny that it's like, yeah, this is 2,000 years old and it's like speaking to this, yeah. Yeah, you could put that on a t-shirt right now and people would be like, fuck yeah, dude. Yeah. And then you tell them that it's a Bible verse and they'd be like, fuck no, dude. Nope. <laughs> nope. No, thank you. Yeah, it's true. Um, yeah, I don't have any more notes on on um, on two. Like the fellowship of the believers isn't really. Yeah, same. 
so much of a section, but um, then it kicks into three, which, um, you know, from the top, Peter heals this crippled beggar. For sure. And I just, like, I don't know, in this story, like, where it's, you know, it's, like, taking him up by the right hand. So, yeah, there's this beggar who's crippled at the temple, and, and Peter comes upon him, and it says, taking him up by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly... The man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. And I was sort of just like, yeah, that's cool. But like after reading the uh, the plague story, I'm sort of like, how do we know that this isn't just some more like Egyptian magic? <laughs> I've also been, I've been watching these lectures on ancient Egypt recently. And so I'm just. Oh, you're still diving into that. Yeah. I can't stop. I can't stop. <laughs> I got to do it. Um, Do they talk about a lot of mystical stuff like that? Like magic shit? No. The one that I'm watching is very much like straight up academic and like uh, does address some of the like conspiracies around ancient Egypt and sort of like tries to debunk them. Um, But I want to have the like pure academic perspective so that then I can go back to all the cool conspiracy shit and be like, you know have something have some kind of fire to hold it to um yeah that's a that's a crazy tangent but uh. <laughs> yeah dude um anyways yeah peter peter heals this guy and it's like a, this whole fucking saga yeah i think like the message to me here was you know just the message of a helping hand and how far that can go and like from the perspective of this this crippled beggar i think you know there's times when you're going through hardship and you think that maybe money will buy you out of that hardship and in some cases like that can be correct when you're just like financially struggling but sometimes you just need like a helping hand i think to lift you up and and that can be like a super difficult thing to ask for and i think everybody's kind of blind to that while they're walking by you and you're begging for money you know they're they're also focusing on that and not focusing on like oh man somebody has to like really help this person giving them a few dollars isn't going to you know solve this problem permanently and uh for sure but i think that's like super hard too to like at, be in a position to ask for help and uh rob bell dude that dude has a great podcast on this uh like maybe even a couple parts where he did this whole thing on um how much strength there is in in showing weakness and how you know a lot of people think being strong is just kind of shouldering everything and and figuring out how to deal with well, it yeah that's but, the definitely the american way <clears throat> but it just i don't know it takes so much courage to like reach out Right, and be like, hey, I need help, or I have, yeah, I don't understand this, I have questions, whatever. Yeah, um, but somebody finally, like, sees this crippler for, like, what he actually, like, this crippled beggar for what they actually need, and uh, I don't know how you, you gotta just have the wherewithal, I guess, to recognize when it's time or like who needs help and take a chance on someone that needs help. 
sometimes, I guess. Yeah. But you also have to like go in with the understanding that you can't fix someone and sure that you know you can you can lift somebody up you can help lift them up but you can't you can't hold them up you know if they don't if they don't have the will to stand right so it also just kind of goes into or i guess speaks to the idea of like you can't really truly help people unless like you have your own shit straight you know right like in this story like peter is like you know this like tapped in apostle and it's like, yeah, you kind of have to have your own shit in order to be able to, uh, one, see, like, who needs help and also be able to see how to best help them, which is basically just, like, you got to take care of yourself, too, if you're going to be able to properly help the world. Um, yeah. Because, yeah, you can't do it from... I mean, you can try, and you probably can do it in some sense, but, like, you're not going to do it as nearly as effectively from a place of brokenness as you will from, like, a place of... Um, I don't know. I guess steadfast conviction or some shit. Right. Um, and so all the people are like filled with wonder about, oh, how is like, isn't this the guy who's usually out? Yeah, this is some Jesus shit. They made a fucking uh legless dude have legs. Yeah. Right. And and Peter kind of starts to get like irritated with them almost. Like, why are you all? in awe about what we have, uh, what we've done in verse, uh, verse 16 by faith in the name of Jesus, this man whom you see and know was made strong. It is Jesus name and the faith that comes through him that has given him complete healing to him as you can all see. And yeah, he just like tells him that is Jesus name and the faith that comes through him that it's given him this, uh, complete healing over him yeah yeah for sure it is uh it's interesting that the healing continues even after jesus has moved on uh right i think that's where you like start to or at least you know you start to plug in that it's healing in different ways, you know? Right. Like, like this is a story. Like the healing is you wanting to continue on <laughs> like sometimes and like, sure. You know, or find like, a new way to do it. Like right. yeah, moving past some, some form of brokenness that you have in your own life. Right. Moving and beyond finding, it and finding yeah. some healing. Um, rising from the ashes kind of shit for sure for sure which also i think is like man goes so well like uh very hand in hand with a lot of like current i guess like pop psychology um just around like the importance of like healing from your own traumas because everyone has some form of trauma that they've um dealt with or whatever and like even in my life um you know, being the youngest of four boys and having, like, moved around a little bit and, like, yeah, I guess just, like, to put it in short, like, experiencing, like, some bullying and some, like, powerlessness. Um, and when that does surface in my own life in terms of, like, maybe in, like, a work situation where something happens where it, it triggers that in me. And how I still feel, I revert back to feeling, like, so powerless. 
Um, yeah, and it's just like a reminder of like, oh, I guess you still have some work to do then there with that, you know, trauma of being a child. Uh, right. Which we all do. Like, it's an ongoing process. But, um, yeah, I think any anything that, like, um, yeah, reveals your brokenness is also, like, a, it's a gift in a way because it's, like, it reminds you of, like, things that you need to you need to tend to in your own life and heart and soul and whatever you want to call it. Absolutely, man. Um, yeah. I think I also had a notes. Um, oh, I just, uh, I, I noticed where, where some extremism can be uh, taken into account here. Are you talking about verse 13? Cause that's where I had a note. Oh, what do you what do you have on thirteen? On thirteen, I have uh, it says the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified His servant Jesus. You handed him over to be killed, and you disowned him before Pilate, though he had decided to let him go. You disowned the holy and righteous one and asked that a murderer be released to you. You killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead. Uh. We are witnesses of this. By faith in the name of Jesus, this man whom you see and know was made strong, it is Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that has given this complete healing to him, as you can all see. Um, and just sort of that, like, I don't know, it's so it's so story-based in terms of, like, basically, like, we believe in this because this man was murdered and then walked and then raised from the dead. Like it's still very lit. It's super, super literal. It feels like in this like retelling. Um, and I mean the gospels to a, to a, you know, degree as well. But, um, I just like that just like immediately was kind of flagged for me in my mind of like, Ooh, like starting to see the seeds of like a different version of Christianity where it's all about like, worshiping this person that was raised from the dead as opposed to the ideas that like jesus put forth um yeah i don't know there's so much importance put upon the resurrection in that whole little like set of verses uh, and the fact that like there's also a ton of importance put upon the fact that like it's the jews that killed him yeah like that it's <laughs> all of you that killed him um because that's who Peter is speaking to in this scenario. So, um, the, uh, the emo kid in me loves the, you killed the author of life line. <laughs> so dramatic. So good. You fucking <laughs> killed him. Um, I was talking about, um, 22 though. Okay. Which is, um, when Moses said, the Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among your own people. You must listen to everything he tells you. Anyone who does not listen to him will be completely cut off from among his people. And this is just, I don't know, you... Uh, yeah, it's an th- interesting, like, kind of... Um, yeah, it's just an interesting, like thing that comes right after what i just read like it just takes it to a whole nother extreme like you know when people get fearful when others within their religious communities 
start questioning it and start thinking about maybe right. going outside it. And you, you spoke about like this positive experience that you had with your brother on last week's episode, which was really cool when you talked to him about it and you knew that he would be like a solid person to talk about it. But it's, uh, it's interesting that people become so fearful of someone, you know, going outside of that, um, knowing like it really discourages the, the hero's individual journey kind of thing. Yeah. It discourages um, any form of like dissent or free thinking because it's basically just like, no, get in line with this specific now. way. Yeah. Like this is it. But it doesn't like, yeah, it doesn't count for like anybody finding their path to it, you know, it and it, and not realizing that even if you step so far out of bounds, you're, you're going to get where you need to be eventually. Right. Hopefully. Um, but I don't know. I mean, that message is just like a really, like it contradicts, I feel like a lot of the the free spirit dude i mean i think it directly contradicts shit that jesus actually said right right you know which is so interesting that like yeah now that's sort of my point is like we're starting to see this whole thing get propped up around like just the death and resurrection of jesus and less focused on like but what was jesus actually like teaching people as a as a spiritual teacher right and what he was teaching people like you said is like well, everyone's going to have to come to it in their own way. And so then yeah. for them, for someone, this is almost feels a little more Old Testament for someone to be like, no, you have to like snap into it and Dude. just like be a part of the cult, be a part of the group, and, be a part of the fucking club. And so many people are in that position still though. You know, so many people are just raised with it with no choice, you know? For sure. I think cuz I think some some people get it in a way where you know they're they're raising their children with it but they're not of that militant attitude. Sure. They just like hopefully think it's going to offer them something like you know get some values out of it and whatnot yeah, which some I kind of roadmap. totally totally respect. Um but then you have the others where there are a lot of people in positions where they get scared to tell their parents or their family that um, they're no longer religious or they're not going to get married in a church or something like that. Right. Um, and, and it's it's just like mind blowing when someone will go to the extremes of disowning somebody because they are stepping outside of religion and I don't know. It's just such a miss on the message. I feel like. Yeah. Huh. I agree. It's fucking wild, man. I agree. It is wild. Um, that pretty much wraps up chapter three there. Yeah, I think that's all I had as well. Um, and this is where yeah. Peter and John, you know, they start uh, they start really causing a ruckus. You know, there's like a lot of people are starting to follow them. For sure. And uh, the priests and the establishment officers are just like, they come to them and, and and they pretty much, they just take them to jail. They're just like, yo, you guys cannot keep spitting the word of Jesus here. Right. You can't do this. Yeah. No more. And they just keep being like, uh, yeah, to me, they remind me very much of like my cat in this situation where you just are like, yo. 
you can't fucking just like be begging me for more pebbles of food every time I see you. Uh, and then yet she just does it again and again. Yeah. That's what they're doing. I do really like some of like Peter. Um, we'll get specifically, it gets noted. Um, but Peter, I feel like as far as coming at this from the point of like a revision of a gospel or something like that, I just feel like really embodies this thing and feels he's filled with the Holy spirit. And he's just like, fuck it. We played nice last time you killed our guy. You put him on the cross and we're like, we don't give a fuck this time. We're doing this shit. And, uh, yeah, it like verse eight, uh, then Peter filled with the Holy spirit said to them, rulers and elders of the people, if we are being called to account today for an act of kindness shown to a cripple and are asked how he was healed, then know this, you all and all the people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you've crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, and this man stands before you healed. He is the stone you builders rejected, which has become the capstone. That's like one of my favorite lines so far that was my of favorite, going through this. That was my too. favorite one of this whole section for sure was, was that the yeah. stone uh, you builders rejected verse. I do think it's interesting that he's sort of just saying like at the beginning, he's kind of like, why are we questioning like how this man or like, I don't know. Why aren't we just like in reverence of the fact that like this person was healed and everyone is so right. caught up in like the how of it. And, like, whether or not it was by the name of Jesus or whatever. Um, but then he does go on to say that, like, but it was by the name of Jesus. But then, I don't know. I thought that that, um, that line, which is taken from Psalm, uh, it's from Psalm 118.22, that line that says, uh, the stone you builders rejected, which has become the capstone. Um, yeah, I thought that that was a really, like, beautiful poetic line. Where it's just like, yeah, like the obvious building blocks of like a solid life that we have all around us that we are constantly ignoring and paying no mind to are the most like important and fundamental pieces of, and like when we do recognize them, they will become not just the building blocks, but like the capstone. They'll become the ornament on top. Um, Absolutely. Um, yeah, that's that's by far one of my favorite uh, verses that we've come across in in all ten, eleven episodes of this thing. What did you What did you take that from will that? Definitely, um, you know, I th- I think uh, like first of all, it's it's still it's just all about this pure conviction that Peter's delivering this to, like, and this display of faith that I think sort of is like becoming undeniable to even the elders around him. Cause it's just like hard to fuck with his authenticity. I think for at sure. this point for sure. And, uh, he's just going in, but I think it just, uh, it just goes to speak that, uh, it also, it says something, it speaks about the elders recognizing that, um, when they start coming around to it, that they recognize that Peter and John are just like these ordinary men. And I like that part a lot because I think that's yeah, they're not scholars, also like, they're not Pharisees, they're not Sadducees, they're not like 
studied Jewish men. They're just dudes. Yeah. And I think as far as, uh, you know, like recognizing, you know, somebody or something that can be a capstone, it's just kind of this thing of you can get, everybody has a unique perspective and you can take perspective from anybody. It's not always going to be like the most successful or powerful person, the most financially stable, the most educated person isn't always going to have the truths that you need. Like sometimes it's going to be, you know, yeah, the cash, somebody, the fucking clerk at plaid pantry. Right. Like it just comes from all levels of the ship. If you're willing to For sure. open yourself to it. So I really kind of like took that as far as like speaking about the rejected stones and whatnot. And, um, it also, I don't know, man, it goes back to that fucking conversation you and I had when we were tripping at at Joshua Tree and we're walking up and and I kind of told you that like it's interesting that you kind of avoid stepping on nice not you personally but like people avoid stepping on nice plants and flowers but when you're roaming through the desert and it's kind of all this like this more things that kind of look dead and shrub you're more likely to just kind of step on it and, and pay no attention to it yeah. and where it should be like where you for should sure. be paying as much love for those as, as anything else in the fucking garden. So right. it's, uh, yeah. What, yeah. what decides that that has less value? Like it's still, yeah. A thing that's alive. Um, yeah. No, I feel um, that. And I do think that that's something that I've tried to be in my, as I get older, something that I'm sort of more sort of more mindful of is just like that I can learn so much from people who are uh who I wouldn't expect to learn anything from or who I think of as like even just like judge as like lesser than me like those people can still teach me something important um and that they're not lesser than me because of that right yeah yeah definitely with that and just also yeah just realizing that people younger than you can have information that can be helpful to you or you know someone in in a situation that you don't really identify with can still offer you these nuggets of perspective that may shift something within you um but yeah man it's it's uh it's it's getting crazy at this time because it's it this is where you know like the the high priest and everything everybody's recognizing that this is truth but they also realizing they can't let these apostles just take over because they're going to become too powerful and they're going to be right. stripped of their power and they tell peter and john to keep their mouths shut and stop talking that jesus talk and they're like nah in verse 19 um but Peter and John replied, judge for yourselves whether it is right in God's sight to obey your father or obey you rather than God. For we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. And it's like, we witnessed this shit. It's alive. Right. We're going to keep speaking about it. For sure. Which makes sense. If I saw someone die and then come to me later, raised from the dead, I don't think I'd be able to really... Dude, I can I can't keep my mouth shut about anything. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, 
Yeah, and then it gets into the believer's prayer section. Um, which, uh, yeah, this is just, it's just kind of more, more anger from them, I feel like, in some way. Just like letting them know that they fucking killed the anointed one. For you know, sure. The powers that be have killed the anointed one. And, uh, right. It's another, um, they're quoting another Psalm in that section. The why do the nations rage and the people's plot in vain? The kings of the earth take their stand and the rulers gather together against the Lord and against his anointed one. That's, uh, Psalm two. Yeah. Um, in verse 29 is where I was talking about where Jesus's message is kind of, you know, to them is to, um, it says verse 29. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness and stretch out your hand to heal and perform miraculous signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And yeah, I think, I think this is where the apostles are acting bold. Like that is what, this is sort of the time where they're exercising that and they're just like very unapologetic sure. about letting people know that the powers that be conspired to kill the anointed one. And it's just like, yeah, you killed our boy. He was out here trying to show you all this and you put him on the fucking cross. Yeah. So we're go. out here guns a blazing now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No doubt. They're firing dude. No doubt. They are. And I do think that there is something. And then to- everybody lives in harmony with the believers sharing their possessions right there is something to be uh i guess revered in this sort of like story so far just in terms of these apostles like really standing up for what um yeah what they what they believe and like what they what they know to be true in the face of so much like persecution which i think is a lot of early christianity right is people sort of like in the face of government powers and and religious powers being like you stop it you stop it with that jesus talk and they're just being like no we won't we refuse um yeah we won't do it dude yeah um but yeah and then everybody everybody's kind of living in harmony everybody's sharing possessions and everything's going pretty dope at this point um and then we get into chapter five with this uh, Ananias and Sapphira story, mm-hmm. which I think is p- probably one of the most bizarre stories that I've come across in the Bible and had me laughing hysterically in my my kitchen earlier. Just Dude, about- right in the beginning, just like, I think we should, I think we should just read verses, like the first 11 verses of chapter five, because they are nuts. Um, yeah, you go in on it. All right. <laughs> it says, uh, now a man named Ananias together with his wife, Sapphira also sold a piece of property with his wife's full knowledge. He kept back part of the money for himself, but brought the rest and put it at the apostles feet. Then Peter said, Ananias, how is it that Satan has, f- has so filled your heart that you have lied to the Holy Spirit and have kept for yourself some of the money you didn't receive for the land. 
Uh, didn't it belong to you before it was sold? So good. And after it was sold, wasn't the money at your disposal? What made you think of doing such a thing? You've not lied to men, but to God. When Ananias heard this, he fell down and died. And great fear seized all Dude, who I heard what had happened. Out. Yeah, for sure. I fell the fuck out when it just says he fell and died. Right. Just from that, I, know. I was just like, what, what? dude? He I know. just it's died. Crazy. And then it's just like, and then three three people come and pick up his body yeah. and bury him. <laughs> yeah. And then about three hours later, his wife came in not knowing what had happened. Peter asked her, tell me, is this the price you and Ananias got for the land? Yes, she said. That is the price. Peter said to her, how could you agree to test the spirit of the Lord? Look, the feet of the men who buried your husband are at the door and they will carry you out also. At that moment, she fell down and died. It's <laughs> just like, dude. oh my God. What? Yeah, dude, I'm with you where like reading that story, I was just like, what the fuck is trying to be conveyed here? It's just bogus. It's, uh, it's like, honestly, like one of the more bogus stories that I found was just how they, they just die. They just died and because like maybe, they lied. I don't know. They it's a lied. symbol for they death They tried to trick the Holy Spirit. Um, but yeah, like it being extinguished in them. But also, I don't know. Obviously, these are like different times. This is like where you get your hand cut off for stealing and, and things like that. Right. So um, I understand that it's also just trying to strike feet. Like it's just this. Right, this if antidote we, of if, fear. We're just gonna throw this we, in. We're gonna slip this in. If we were to translate this into modern terms, it might be more like, so, uh, Ananias lied about how much money he actually got from that sale and what he was donating to the apostles. Which, by the way, he was still donating something. He fucking sold his land. He just wasn't giving it all, which is like to yeah, me seems yeah. pretty reasonable. But it's like, yeah, the story is like, okay, so he didn't do that. He didn't give it ever. He didn't give them everything. Uh, and in modern terms, I think it would just be like, and he f- had great guilt about that. He felt very guilty about it because he knew that he had lied. Wouldn't be that he like keeled over and died. He he felt as guilty as Judas did when his when his yeah. guts gushed out. Right, right. That's the <laughs> that's the modern interpretation. Yeah, it's liars fall to their death apparently. So it is interesting though. I do as I get older. Um, I don't know. I do see like the supreme importance of like telling the truth always as much as you can. Um, and obviously there are times where like white lies are justified in like little ways here and there. But for the most part, like the truth is you is almost always like the best thing to go with. And yeah, dude. in my own life, like anytime I've tried to like cover up the truth with little white lies or whatever, and like it's come back to bite me, I'm just like, Oh yeah, I would have been way better off just like fucking telling the truth in the beginning as opposed to trying to like cover it up with this like yeah. Whatever. Yeah, the uh, the truth sets you free. You know, that, that stupid cliche is hey. exists for a reason, you know? That's like a Joey Cam's understands or something. <laughs> you want to say that Joey uh, Cam said that the truth, set, the truth sets you free? Because that was Jesus, bro. 
<laughs> I mean, more or less. You know, I'm sure he says says something along those lines that are a little more eloquent. Yeah. A little more insightful, you know? No doubt. Um, Then it gets into the section of the apostles healing Mary, which is uh, pretty much the apostles are just out there on the streets healing and performing a lot of miracles. And people are just, you know, coming out in droves just to be in their shadows in some ways, you know? And the movement is just like super fucking strong right now. For the Jesus followers, you know? No doubt. Um, and then the apostles get persecuted. And the high priests again and the establishment folks decide to jail all the apostles. And the angel comes in the middle of the night, you know? Lets them, lets them out. It's just like, you're going to go forth. You're going to start spitting this this Jesus jabber out in the streets again and in the... Uh, <laughs> you know the temple courts and whatnot and they do it dude and they and then Stop it the high priest are just it like with your jesus jabber i love that yeah dude the high priest are just like yo we told you not to talk about this stuff and they're just like no we obey god because he's the giver of the holy spirit we don't fuck with you people you don't give the holy spirit we don't fuck with you yeah well, sorry, I got a little distracted because I was like, "I let me look up a little, uh, a little Joey Joey Cam's Andrew, quote." You're frozen. See if I can find something good. This is just the first thing <laughs> that I. You're a frozen man on my end. I'm frozen. Can you? But can you hear me? Uh, you're frozen right now. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Okay. Well, if you can hear me, then. I can hear you. Okay. So this Joseph it's Campbell a little quote. Broken. This Joseph Campbell quote says. Uh, you enter the forest at the darkest point where there is no path. Where there is a way or path, it is someone else's path. You are not on your own path. If you follow someone else's way, you are not going to realize your potential. Don't lie. Yeah, so he said, he said, fuck Moses, dude. That's what he said. He's like, you go ahead and you, you go outside of the, the bounds of the church if you need to go follow, find your path. That's right. That's right. Um but yeah, dude, and then at this at this point, the high priests and people want to they want to kill the apostles at this point. And then one of the Pharisees, one of these these intellectuals as your brother would like to call yeah, them. Yeah, I was like, "Hey, this is probably not the best idea." And uh, uh, also, we're just not yeah. even like approaching this in the right way, because he's yeah, like, yeah, um, if, if if they are speaking the truth of God, then there's nothing that we can do to stop them. And right. if they aren't, then they're just gonna fucking like they're gonna die. They'll off. wither out. So as as all other false prophets have. So why right. why bother? But so th they still flog them and then tell them, "Don't enough with the Jesus jabber," and then go on your way. Yeah, and they do go on their way and and immediately start with their Jesus jabber once again. They don't give a fuck. They're just they're right back at yeah, it, doing the thing. That's what they're here for. And um, yeah, man. Um, I don't know. I was looking ahead to chapter six, and I definitely have some notes here, but I feel like it it directly gets into seven. So I don't know if you wanted to maybe wait to jump into six until yeah, I did next week's episode. I did sort of uh, notice that as well. That six sort of flows into seven, like in terms of Stephen's speech, um, and 
Yeah, I'd be cool sort of waiting to dive into that. Do you have anything else? Let me see what else I had on five. Um, um, yeah, I don't really I don't have think I had much, much else. else on five. I mean, that yeah, was... the apostles, they're, they're healing still. They're being persecuted. Um, yeah, I don't know. I would say overall this whole Acts story is, uh, I mean, there have been interesting elements to it, but like, admittedly for me i think it's like one of the more boring things that we've read in the bible so far with yeah. little things sprinkled throughout that are interesting but like overall it's just like kind of a weird history of like the early church um yeah i am kind of appreciating though some of the new perspectives that people are bringing to it and like you're saying like this is where we're going to start to see things get interesting because people are starting to apply their own interpretations of what jesus's message was right so it's it's interesting in that way and just uh seeing how they're reacting to jesus's death is very uh for sure it's pretty wild for sure um, and what's interesting too is like obviously this is just what made it into the Bible, but to my point of like, oh, it's so interesting that like these people seem to be just interpreting it in a very literal way. It's like, well, there were all like during this time, there were also all other kinds of like early sects of Christianity that were all over the place, especially when you start getting into like, the Gnostics and shit, which was very much just like, yeah, super mystical and like very like Buddhist, like very much just about like your, yeah, everything being within you and, um, yeah, just like a totally different interpretation of like the story of Jesus and his death and resurrection and whatnot and much more in line with sort of like a mythological understanding as opposed to a literal understanding, but obviously none of that made it into the Bible as we know it. So, yeah, it's interesting to see this like very, it's a very curated uh, version for sure. I lost the tail end of you there. I'm sorry. No, that's all right. It's I was cut. just saying it's a very, it's a very curated version of the, of the new Testament. Um, for sure or like of the of the story of jesus is it's is what the new testament is like because yeah there are these other factions of early christianity and like other understandings of of jesus's story that did exist that just like were not included in the bible purposefully so there would be a more cohesive like religious understanding in terms of like no we like literally believe that this happened and like it's important that you worship it in that way right um well, uh, fucking hey, man, we'll be back next week with either more from from Axe or we'll be back with a, another guest. But uh, no doubt we'll put all the links in the episode notes so you can give us a follow on the old Instagram. And uh, yeah, we're trying to drop these every Sunday and appreciate people checking the thing out. I hope I hope we get some emails, create a little chatter. Would love some Bible emails. Buds. buds. Yeah, please send emails or suggestions on uh, topics to cover. Would also uh, appreciate that or any advice uh, that you would maybe need in your life. Maybe you need us to 
pray may- for you or something. Yeah, or maybe you would like to give me advice, which I would very much appreciate. Yeah, I'm about, we're about all of that yeah. here. Um, but until then, I hope you all are, uh, you know, staying safe out there and, and maintaining your cool in, in quarantine. Appreciate uh, you uh, checking this thing out in our uh, further exploration of getting super baked and talking about the Bible um, from a very non-Christian perspective and potentially going to be starting our own church soon, apparently. A non-Christian church. <laughs> a non <laughs> Yeah, dude, I feel like this is the start of every church. No, we're going to be different than the others. Yeah. Yeah, we're not going to We're not that. starting a church. That's not happening. We're not starting we a church. We started a podcast. And, uh, as far as hopefully we we'll dive into some, some other books, too, on this thing. You know, like, we won't always be talking about the Bible because we can only take this thing so far. But uh, I'm also, like, really interested in the uh, Dead Sea Scrolls shit. I, I know a very limited amount of, yeah. about those things, I feel like, but they're, like, a very controversial That's sort of what I was some, talking about. Some, That's yeah. what I was talking about a little bit. Yeah, we should fuck with that. We'll talk about it. I think we will do some side episodes about, like, you know, maybe the Kabbalah, the Dead Sea Scrolls, some of these other, like, tangents to the Bible that are very interesting. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, we'll get into that. But until then, smoke, pray, love. Bless it.